And the time to start, if you're not living your dream, is right now. Start setting goals and setting out where you set in the course of your life and setting it all up so that you get somewhere in the future. When all that comes together, something happens called fulfillment. If you are not experiencing awesomeness in every aspect of your life, it's just from an internal block or barrier disconnect that you've chosen to take on. Life is as easy or as hard as we want to make it. And I got my hands and my eyeballs and my heart around any information I could around holistic healing. And that led me down a never-ending rabbit hole of which I'm still spelunking into the depths of. I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And uh, that's when I believe when you when we really follow our deepest truth, when we really follow our soul, when we really follow our true calling, the universe rises to support us moment to moment to moment. Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential. And it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. We have a truly amazing interview lined up for you today. And before we dive headfirst into it, I wanted to share a quick offer from one of our sponsors. If you're looking for the highest quality superfoods, natural supplements, and lifestyle upgrade products, I want to recommend you take a look at Purium Health Products. They produce some of the world's best superfood products by maintaining total control of the sourcing process through producing a majority of their products on their own farms and using their patented live dehydration process, which helps to maintain total nutritional integrity. Some of my favorite products I use daily are the Super Amino 23 Protein Replacement Amino Acid Product, the Love Super Meal, which is a live, organic, vegan meal replacement formula. The Apothecary product, which is an organic, GMO-free cherry concentrate that helps increase natural melatonin levels and aids in REM sleep. And also, their revolutionary first-ever anti-GMO product, the Biomedic which has been shown in preclinical studies to safely remove up to 74% of the GMO insecticide glyphosate from the human body in around six weeks of using the product on a daily basis. And that is just the tip of the iceberg with what this company offers. I encourage you to visit their website, www.ishoppurium.com, and use my coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL all spelled in one word, to receive a $50 coupon on your first order and up to 25% on reoccurring orders after that. Again, the website is www.com. 
iShopPurium.com and use the coupon code HUMANPOTENTIAL. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. As always, I'm your host, Ronnie Landis, and we have a special guest with us today, Dr. Robert Brown, who is the author of Toxic Home, Conscious Home, A Mindful Approach to Wellness at Home. And he is a practicing radiologist for over the last 25 years and has some very unique perspectives and a unique conversation we're going to get into regarding our home environment. You know, the fact that we live um, more than not in a toxic home environment. And this is a particular subject that in my personal work, I have been keen to for many years, but uh, for whatever reason, we haven't actually had somebody on the show to focus on this topic. So I'm really excited to dive into this and I'm excited to have you on the show, Dr. Brown. Well, thank you very much, Ronnie. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is such an important topic and um, we're going to unpack that for everybody and talk about your, your book. But before we dive into that, I always like to ask all the guests um, a question about their background. You know, I like to know where somebody comes from and how they came into the work that they're doing now. There's always some kind of really interesting story that I think everybody can relate to as they go on their hero's journey, so to speak. And I'd like to just discuss your background in the health world and how you were led to the focus of your work now. Okay, sure. Um, you know, I'm one of those people that thought very early in life that I wanted to be a doctor. I just have always felt that, you know, I wanted to, uh, to help people. That was kind of my, my, my reason for going into the field. Uh, when I got into the field, though, it, was, it turned out to be more of a sickness industry, as we all know, than a wellness industry. But once I had done all my training, it seemed that I was pretty much entrenched in, in my career. You know, um, I chose radiology because it was a field where I could get to see all of the patients that come through the hospital and, in, you know, outpatient centers now. Uh, and so it was, it was, a, it gave me a broad view of, of everyone in the community. Um, I grew up in uh, a town in New Jersey and in the area that I grew up in, a lot of my friends ended up with cancer. Uh, before the age of 30. I mean, there were a lot of us, uh, including myself. And, you know, it, it, it was very concerning for me that nobody talked about it. it. It seemed like the people that lived in the community, it was expected. Nobody knew any different. But I had traveled around the country working at different areas as I grew, you know, as I grew up and did my training. And I realized that it wasn't the way that it needed to be. It was because probably in the area there were, there was some sort of toxin either in the water or the air or in the environment that was making people sick. And as I did my, my traveling, you know, with my career, I encountered other communities where I found other things that were, you know, strange. There were clusters of, of, of disorders and it got me, thinking that I really should start trying to figure out why some of these things are happening. You know, why are people getting sick in certain areas? And, and in addition, I noticed that there were trends 
in the healthcare field um, itself. So, for example, you know, this whole thing of celiac disease and gluten sensitivity that's so prevalent now. You know, when I was first training back in 95 and 94, there was no gluten sensitivity. In fact, we had a teaching file where, you know, there was one case that was the example that we were to memorize to learn what it would look like on a small bowel series, which is a, an x-ray that we take. Nobody had a case of it anywhere. Uh, now, of course, it's so common, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, but these are the kind of things that I'm trying to uncover in my work, the causes for them. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, um, when just on that note, I'm I'm wondering if you've really gotten deep into the glyphosate epidemic because there's so much information now coming out. You know about the effects of Roundup Ready insecticide, the genetically modified insecticide glyphosate, and the the particular crops, soy and wheat in particular, that are being basically like you know, poured on these hybridized crops. And there's this entire epidemic of gluten intolerance, as you mentioned. And I find it so interesting when, you know, what you mentioned is like back in the 70s and 60s, this was not an issue whatsoever. Um, And now it's just a full blown, you know, pandemic, basically. So I'm curious if you've if you've dived into the whole glyphosate part of that conversation. Well, yes, exactly. I mean, you're, you're spot on. It's that's what I believe is causing it is 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 glyphosate, um, and you're right. They are using it on wheat, and that's kind of a, a red herring because most people think of Roundup Ready seeds uh, as being mainly corn and soybeans because the the GMOs that are on the market are you know corn, soybeans, sugar beets, Hawaiian papaya, and of course cotton, but what the farmers are doing in large, uh, in you know, most of the country, as far as I know, is they're spraying the Roundup on their wheat crops. It's not a GMO wheat because that ha- hasn't been approved yet, but they're desiccating the wheat plants before harvest, and that makes the wheat kernels easier to, you know, to harvest. And so, yes, there's glyphosate residue on the wheat berries. It gets into the flour and all these processed foods that are using this wheat then have traces of, of uh, glyphosate in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do believe that's what's causing, uh, it's killing off the microbiome, you know, which is something they didn't even know existed you know, back 30 years ago, but now we know it's important. And glyphosate is an antibiotic. In fact, Monsanto got it approved uh, and patented as, a micro, as a, uh, an antibiotic and so, yes, it gets ingested and it kind of circulates through your gut and it kills off the bacteria that live there. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's fascinating to unpack all of this, everything that, that we've really kind of grown up to understand. Just in the health industry, I've been, I've been myself a professional nutritionist and an obsessive researcher of truth. Um, over the, you know, a little over the last decade. And one of the big things is food allergies. You know, that's one of the the things that keeps coming up all the time is the allergenic effects to certain foods, the top five food allergies. And wheat is obviously one of them and the gluten slash gliadin kind of issue that we're, we're kind of talking about. But really, when we look a little bit deeper, there's other causal mechanisms such as glyphosate that are that are lurking underneath the the surface and and in bringing that up or in unpacking that a little bit further i think it's interesting when we talk about the microbiome 
and then we 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 will kind of we will kind of bring that into as an example or as a metaphor into this conversation around toxic home um, because I find it interesting that the inner environment that we live in, so the inner garden of our metabolism of our, our body really, the microbiome, how that's being assaulted by certain foods or chemicals. And then let's take that concept and bring that into our living environment, right? The external environment that our physical bodies are occupying all the time. I find that to be an interesting conversation because most people don't, most people that are in this field kind of have an understanding of like, okay, yeah, the microbiome, the digestive environment, um, the gut brain axis, and like all this stuff starting to make sense to people. But one of the things that I find a lot of health enthusiasts still have not really, um, really gotten deep into is their living environment. Yeah. So, yeah, we have all these products, of course, that um, are designed to kill bacteria because for so many years, the, 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 uh, the mindset was, you know, bacteria are bad. We didn't realize that you, you need the good bacteria to ward off the bad bacteria. <laughs> so, um, you know, Lysol spray is in all these antibacterial soaps. You know, when I first started uh, the book, I had a couple of pages on, you know, trying to convince people, stop using antibacterial soaps. Remember, they were everywhere. And, um, you know, people thought that, that was the best way to, to clean yourself. And, uh, but, you know, we knew back then, even, you know, three, four, five years ago, we knew that there was a microbiome. We knew that it was good and that you didn't want to kill off the bacteria. And yet these products were still in the market, but gratefully they were taken off about a year or so ago, right? So there is some progress, but there's still lots of products on the market that are that are toxic to bacteria, and, and we need those bacteria. Yeah, yeah. This this brings up a few different things for me, but I'll digress for now because I want to I want to really dive deeper into your book, Toxic Home, Conscious Home. First of all, what does that what does that title or that phrase kind of mean to you? So. You know, when I first started writing this book, it was, I didn't really have a concept in mind. I knew that I wanted to try to raise people's awareness and consciousness of just what living is all about. Uh, and that, you know, I believe that we're, we're spiritual beings that live in a biological machine, in a sense. And, and so I believe it's very important for us to take, you know, take care of our bodies, but as the book kind of matured, it turned into, <clears throat> and what I realized was I couldn't start with that uh, as the premise because I would turn off most of the people in the, you know, as a, as a potential audience. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't really like preaching to the choir wasn't really my, my goal. Cause there's a lot of people out there that already believe that. And, and so there's two camps, right? So my book is really designed at trying to, bring people from the idea of uh, a mind-body consciousness where they're concerned about chemicals and toxins and step them through a, a pathway that goes from you know, biochemical reactions and, and, and food and, and, and uh, you know, personal care products and uh, house cleaning agents, things like that, that they can understand and relate to because there's biochemistry involved 
and slowly walk them to sources of energy. So the, the, the next chapters that follow involve the effects that sound have on our well-being and our health, you know, both positive and negative, and sources of light and the timing of light, different types of light and how they affect their well-being. And towards the end of the book, it gets more metaphysical, but I don't think any less valid. I talk about the unseen energy currents associated with feng shui, and then finally I, I finish up with the power of the mind and the importance of meditation and clearing one's mind uh, and the importance of of creating your reality content. And you know, I stress that that's the most important chapter at the end. And that if you don't have a healthy mind, then you don't uh, you don't meditate and clear your mind and keep yourself uh, mentally healthy. That your home your home won't be healthy. And so it all kind of comes back to the beginning. It's a it's a journey. The book's meant to be a journey to go from a toxic home to a conscious home. I love that. I really do. And um, what comes up immediately for me when I think about what you're saying is we absolutely need to um, take care of our mind and make sure that we have mental and emotional stability because wellness really, wellness and health to me is more of a vibration and a frequency of being more than it is like a particular diet or lifestyle or exercise routine. All those things are supportive um, catalyst, but ultimately it's about how we feel in our body. Right. And, you know, there's this whole movement around meditation and mindfulness. And I find it fascinating that our outer, our outer reality, our outer environment is often a direct reflection of our inner environment. And with that said, I'm curious, like, do you talk about any aspects of the suggestive environment? In other words, there's certain symbols, there's certain, um, you know, paintings or, or symbols of some sort, sentimental kind of um, things like pictures or whatever people have around their house that actually are kind of emitting or transmitting certain subliminal messages to their mind. Do you, do you talk about that kind of thing? I do, yes. Uh, symbols are very important. Uh, they, as you, as you alluded to, they, they transmit an energy themselves that, you know, that, well, I shouldn't say they transmit an energy themselves, but when you, when somebody is conscious of the symbolism of a, of a, of an object, perhaps that object was imparted with, uh, with, um, what am I trying to say? If you have, if you have an object, let's say, um, what I would call the initiate star, you know, the, the uh, six-pointed star, the Jewish star. I would call that the initiate star. And the original symbolism of it, as far as I understand, is that it's two triads superimposed on each other, one pointing up towards the mind of God and the other pointing down towards humanity, uh, the human, the human uh, realm. And so when you superimpose those two together, you're, you're kind of bringing heaven to earth and that is a very powerful symbol. Now, most people who uh, wear that star, I believe you have it on your website, um, the people who look at this image, they may not know what it means, but they feel the energy associated with it. They know that there's some sort of balance to, this, to the symbol. Um, and so, you know, whether it's that symbol or, or any other, I mean, all, type, you know, all types of cultures have their own symbols. It's the, it's the frequency that they kind of emit and the, the, uh, the collective 
you know, understanding of what that symbol means that gives it its power. And so, yes, if you have symbols in your home, they, they make you feel a certain way when you see them. And so you can have negative symbols, you can have positive symbols that'll make you feel one way or another. And, and it is, I do talk about that in the Feng Shui chapter about the importance of symbols. Yeah, that, that's, that's really great because um, there's all kinds of forms of nutrition, right? There's metaphysical, energetic nutrition, there's subtle energies in our environment, there's the unseen world, and then there's the more gross matter, physical things that we associate as, you know, food and, and uh, even cleaning products or topical healthcare products and such. So I love the fact that you're really creating um, a multi-tiered, multi-faceted um, understanding for people of all, you know, of all learning levels to actually get into this, this concept that your environment is suggesting messages to you all the time. And we need to actually be so mindful of the physical environment that we spend so much of our time in. I, I'm thinking about all the people that go off to nine to five jobs, for example, and they're typically working in some kind of, whether it's a cubicle or, or whatever type of environment they may be in. The, the thing immediately that I think about is volatile organic compounds, right? Like just the off gassing of just these horrendous chemicals that are being spewed into the environment. And there's, or they're in their, they're kind of um, almost like gas chamber like environment. Yeah. Uh, and I, I want to talk about for a moment, you know, what is the effect of that on people? Because we kind of have just habituated to feeling unwell, right? In our culture, in our Western culture, I think there's kind of, um, you know, I was talking with my mentor, Michael Bernard Beckwith, about this on one of our interviews about how the status quo um, or the, what am I trying to say? The, the, um, the, um, the standard American lifestyle is basically one where we have habituated and normalized to mediocrity, right? And in the oh, same yeah when it comes to health, we have habituated and the normality is um, what I think you and me would consider less than ideal state of wellness. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, I, I get sick around this time of the month. This is kind of an accepted thing or like cancer or whatever runs in the family. It's this, the, these, right. these accepted kind of like um, paradigms. And um, anyways, that's a little side thing. But um, on top of that, I think it's also, it's kind of an unconscious thing that when we go to certain buildings and we spend so much time in them that we don't really realize that those may be the most toxic environments um, ever. Yeah, it's, it's true. Uh, you know, I, I just got an email from somebody today, uh, who somebody who listened to, uh, I'm not sure if you read my, one of my blogs or he listened to an interview, but he he was thanking me because he had he had suffered from something called uh, Barrett's esophagus, which is you know what that is. It's it's most typically associated with chronic reflux disease, right? Yeah. And um, his wife had terrible nosebleeds, and she was coughing up blood. She was coughing up blood. She had been to the doctor. They were doing tests and all kinds of scopes. They couldn't find anything wrong except for just irritation. And uh, he found that she had this, she had just gotten this uh, 
air freshener for their car. And of course, it emits a bunch of volatile organic compounds, uh, like you're saying. And he thought that maybe that was the cause of the problem. And so he, I guess after a couple of months, he finally threw the thing out and their symptoms went away. And he told her it was the, you know, the VOCs from this product. She didn't believe him. And then he read my blog and he, he was thanking me because it validated what his suspicion was that yes, absolutely. VOCs can cause, they can cause mucosal irritation which can, cause, which can result in hemorrhage. I had that experience myself when I painted uh, my living room. I was using that faux plaster, and I ended up with a horrendous nosebleed that I ended up in the ER with. And, uh, you know, the ER physician didn't recognize it as that. He thought that I needed to see an ENT, and he wrote me a prescription. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't go because I realized after I was having the experience that I had actually manifested this, you know, because I had just done the chapter on air <laughs> in my book. But to get back to your question, I mean, you know, there are acute reactions and there are chronic reactions to VOCs and any toxin, right? So the acute reactions are the ones that happen right after you're exposed. And those are the ones that people can usually you know, say, oh, well, I remember that I, like this guy with the air freshener, it, it was a relatively acute reaction, you know, the hemorrhage. Chronic reactions, on the other hand, can happen months or years down the road. Uh, and that would be like cancer or a chronic lung disease uh, or something like, uh, you know, a collagen vascular disease or maybe lupus or, uh, or um, uh, you know, multiple sclerosis or one of these uh, one of these chronic diseases where we say, well, we're not really sure what causes it. Uh, and so that's where, that's to me the most scary uh, part about this is that we, like you're saying, we accept that, you know, we accept that we're sick and we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be sick. They're, the The people the percentage of people that are getting sicker and sicker in this country is is unbelievable. It's like 60%, according to one survey that I read, of uh, people in this country have at least one chronic disease. And that's unbelievable. unbelievable. 60%. So no, we should not accept this. We should be demanding our government to protect us, really, because they're not. They're, they're protecting corporations and the people that are making all this crap. And uh, that's, where, that's where things need to take a right turn. You know, we need to start People need to wake up. They need to wake up and realize they don't need to be sick. They shouldn't be sick. And it's because of the products that we're putting in our lives that are making us sick. Yeah, very well said. I, I, want, to, um, I want to go into some of those products because the focus of, of this particular topic obviously is about you know, what the toxic elements or products are in our home environment that maybe we have accepted. And on top of that, I'd also like to kind of piggyback another thought, um, a similar thought, which is um, what about the products that people that are into health and are kind of making that transition, but may not be aware of, you know, like I think the VOCs is a pretty good one until someone actually gets educated on that. How would you know? How would you know? that your entire, your, your carpeting system, your painting and, and all the different, and the, the plastics and everything in your house could potentially be contributing to um, a less than ideal state of health. So 
I'd love to dive into what are the main the main points um, that that people, whether they're into health or they're just getting started on this journey. Obviously, if they're listening to this podcast, they're on one of those levels. Um, what do people need to know about their living environment? Well, I divide up the living environment. Uh, I, I divide it up into I think there's twelve different sections, and so, so the first three are those that are essential to life: um, food, air, and water. Uh, the food, you know, as we talked about earlier, uh, the difference between organic and and non-organic foods is is substantial. I think a lot of people are aware of this. They may not be aware, for example, that uh, Roundup is being sprayed on wheat. Uh, that would be something that people may not be aware of. But I think in general, a lot of people are aware of uh, issues with food. Uh, curiously, I've noticed a lot of people don't realize that organic fruits and vegetables need to be washed with a with a fruit and vegetable wash. Um, you know, one of those sprays, the fruit and vegetable spray. People think that because it's organic, that that means that somehow they grew this fruit or vegetable without any sort of pesticides or herbicides or anything, which is not the case. Um, as an organic food grower, I, I I'm the first to admit I yeah, I use a fungicide. Uh, when I grow my uh, my my produce, you have to. Otherwise, if there's too much rain, you get a crop. Your crop's destroyed. The fungicide may be something like copper. You know, a co- uh, copper which is toxic if you have too much of it. So, what the what the food growers and manufacturers do, even with organic products, is they use these uh, approved products. You know, herbicides and fungicides and uh, pesticides. And then when they, when they get the, the produce ready for market, they coat it with wax. Whether it's canuba wax or shellac or beeswax, it's coated with a wax. And the wax traps the herbicide, you know, the, the toxins underneath, uh, between the skin and the wax layer. And so if you don't wash off the wax, you're eating, you know, these toxins, even if they're uh, approved for organic use. So that's one thing people really need to understand. You need to wash all of your fruits and vegetables with a fruit and vegetable spray. Uh, On that note, that's a, that's an amazing point. Um, most people have no idea about that. I mean, that's kind of a little bit of that is almost news to me too. And so um, is there a particular brand or a particular um, organic vegetable wash that, that you would recommend? No, I, as long as you don't use dish soap. <laughs> you know, some people use uh, their Dawn, and, and I would not do that. I would use, you know, most of the supermarkets have have uh, brands that are, you know, they're, it's it's not much. I think they're based out of cit- their uh, citrus formula. They're, if you read the ingredients, if there are any chemicals in it, I wouldn't use it. It should be something very simple, uh, like a citrus-based uh, cleanser. I think Whole Foods sells them, and uh, our local market here in Pittsburgh sells one. But they're common. I don't have any specific vendor to recommend. But okay. Cool. So something citrus-based, that, that can even be something you make in your house. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So that's food. Um, air, as you mentioned, the volatile organic compounds, a very simple remedy for that is to bring houseplants into your home. There have been studies done uh, by NASA and, and several universities around the country. They've shown that house plants actually eat up the volatile organic compounds, both with their leaves and their roots. 
And so if you have off-gassing, you know, paints and materials in your home, you can put houseplants in there and that'll help clean the air. So it's a, and and in addition, of course, they make oxygen and they're attractive. So it's a, it's a win-win all the way around. And I would recommend putting at least one plant in all of your living spaces. That's a great recommendation for sure. Um, do you also do you also um, use like some kind of HEPA filter or some kind of other air purifier? So the air cleaners, you know, they have um, they, they remove particulates from the air, right? So there are two different types of particulates. One is uh, they're called PM two point fives, or the micro particulates, and they can get brought all the way down to the terminal alveolus, which is the the little balloon sacs that are at the end of, uh, of the uh, respiratory tract, and they can get stuck in there. So the, if, you have a, if you have somebody with a lot of allergies or somebody who's got um, you know, chronic lung disease, excuse me a second, <clears throat> uh, somebody who has chronic lung disease and has a, a difficulty, you know, impaired clearance, you can get a HEPA filter. A HEPA filter isn't needed by most people, but I would recommend these air cleaners, they have, um, the filters are rated by something called the MERV unit. And so the ones where you can actually see through them and they're just little wispy pieces of filament that you, know, you can kind of see through them, those remove the large particles and they'll protect your, your equipment from becoming uh, dusty. Uh, and prevent your know, potential fire, but they're not really they're not really doing much for your health. But the 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 uh, the filters that are pleated, they have a MERV value of somewhere between five and nine or ten, and those I would recommend. It's somewhere between the the bare bones and a HEPA filter. Okay, that's good to know. And then I'm also thinking about the 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 need to re-electrolyze our our um our air basically right because the air quality is not the same as maybe it used to be for because of pollution um or any other potential environmental reasons so do you have any kind of perspectives or suggestions I, i think that kind of falls along the same the same conversation as like getting a hepa filter or maybe some other particular device that helps to ionize the air so I like I like those salt lamps, and I know that there's no there's no scientific validation that they do anything, but I do believe that negative ions kind of calm your mood, totally, and they calm your respiratory tract. So even though there's no scientific validation for it, I, I like them. I think that bringing house plants into your home will also bring negative ions into the into the room where you have the house plants, so that will help. Uh, you know they have. Um, if you want to have a water feature, if you live near the ocean, you open the windows. It just depends where you live, of course. But uh, there are a lot of different ways to to bring negative ions into your home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention that for for people to just kind of bookmark, and that's a really great. Those are really great things for sure. I'm, I, you know, one thing that that pops up in my mind, and I'm sure probably very few if if nobody has probably really talked about this, but I'm definitely a bit of a metaphysician of sorts and I'm, I'm definitely into the unseen world. And one of the things that I became aware of through my studies 
is this concept of the newosphere, kind of like the the human the human thought form, um, collect like the collective psychic soup that we all live in, right? The it's mm-hmm. kind of like the the human biosphere in terms of the fact the fact that. Um, as human beings, um, we are all kind of connected to an invisible web that interlinks us together through a psychic field, if you will. And, um, you know, I'm definitely into shamanism. And one of the things that I really feel is is valuable is um, psychic disinfectant or spiritual disinfectants, if you will. Mm-hmm. Things like sage and palo santo and other like aromatherapy. I'm curious if that's an area that you get into. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> I do. I talk about smudging. I talk about aromatherapy. Uh, in terms of the psychic web, I, you are 100% spot on. I totally agree with that. In fact, I just wrote a blog about uh, the power of, of, of telepathy, which we all do. Uh, we all do telepathy all the time. And that's part of this, this, uh, this uh, mind web that we all live in. I mean, how else do you explain when you pull up to a traffic light and you look at the person next to you and they look at you at the same time? And so right. they know that, you know, there's a, commi- there's a connection, right? right? Or when you look at the phone and you know that somebody's going to call you, you know who it's going to be, and then the phone rings. Uh, we do these things all the time. Uh, and so what I think is, is perhaps the most valuable thing to, to neutralize any potential uh, malfeasance is to watch what you think about other people. Um, it's very important to watch what you say about people, what you think about people, because they pick up on it. They may not know it's from you. They may know it's from you. They may not. But, it, it, you know, I, t- I teach my kids, you know, what goes around comes around. And you really have to be, to be kind and, and always try to love and, or at least uh, respect and try to see the good in people or to acknowledge that they're on their path. Uh, because I think if you, the less negativity you create or the less, uh, you know, um, the less that you put out there that could potentially harm you, you know, on its way back. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. I mean, that brings up a whole, a whole rabbit hole that it could easily go into. Um, <laughs> but I think that's so important for people to understand because it's not just like, it's not a morality thing. It's not a like cause and effect. I mean, it, it is, but like, it's not, it's not simple as like, Oh, just think positive and, and be kind and treat, treat thy neighbor as you want to be treated kind of thing. Yeah. That, that it's not a self-centered kind of thing. It's a real, it's a phenomenon. It's a part of our right. reality where when we think about someone, we're creating a vibrational impression. It's creating a, it's creating an imprint and, not only does it potentially affect another human being, but it also affects us because, you know, so above, so below that, you know, the whole kind of holographic reflective nature of, of reality. I think that's just such an important point right there because so many people's inner environment is, is polluted with negativity that they don't know where it's coming from. And very possibly, um, very likely it's actually self-inflicted through the, the way that they feel about other people. Absolutely. Yep. So you could do all the smudging you want, but again, if, if your brain is putting out these, uh, these, these waves out into the, into the universe, then, uh, it doesn't matter whether you smudge or not, you're still going to be kind of bringing negative 
stuff back to you. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like just, it's, it's a nice thought, right? It's a nice, like, Oh, okay. I'm doing something nice for myself. It's kind of like the similar, similar idea of like, you know, you, you do, you eat a vet, you eat a green leafy salad and then you reward yourself with an ice cream, which <laughs> is not, not really a reward. you're actually, you know, it's actually hurting yourself, but that's kind of, but again, that's like the cultural meme, right? Like, you know, it's as if, as if the green leafy salad wasn't the reward. Like you did say you, 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 you know, like, just so fascinating when we get down in that that bit of a rabbit hole <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah so um as we're as we're approaching the um clips of our conversation this has been absolutely fantastic and i know we're only really skimming the surface and we've gone in a few different directions i think this is so valuable to other people and i'm having a great time in this conversation but I'd like to just kind of um, hand the floor over to you in terms of what would you feel is most essential for everyone listening to get out of um, this this conversation? Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think the most important thing to, to understand about my book and this whole project is that we're, it's not about cleaning, you know, um, it's not about taking chemicals out of your environment. It's more than that. Uh, there's energy, there's uh, different, you know, there's light, there's sound, there's EMF, which we didn't cover. There, there's all types of things to be, con- to consider when you detoxify your home and your life. And um, it, it is, it's involved. It's, and it, it's encompassing and you're really never finished because you know, products are keep changing, uh, the world keeps changing. But I think, you know, with my book, I'm trying to give people a foundation of how to, how to, approach, how to approach the technology, how to approach these things so that you can best protect yourself. It's not, it's not a how-to book. You know, I don't give lists like, okay, you do these four things in this room and you're done. You know what I mean? There's background information. There's some information about the politics involved. Uh, there's some history, there's uh, each segment of uh, potential toxicity can affect your body. So if you start learning some of these things, you can really apply them to future products mm-hmm. or at least know how to, where to store them in your head, you know, so that you have a framework with which you can, you know, put things and new information that you get. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we've covered, we've covered a good, a, a good amount of just kind of insights and concepts for people. I, I would also like to, um, before we wrap up, I would like to ask, is there any potential um, detoxing, detoxification um, products or anything that you found to be very helpful that you recommend to to patients or clients or people um, that would read the book, so they know that we have a problem, but we also we also want to know how to dissolve the problem, so to speak. Like um, what what certain solutions are? Um, you know, when I think about detoxing the body, I think about certain things like activated charcoal and bentonite clays and things of that nature. So, is there anything that you may be able to recommend in that that uh, scope? 
Each chapter has different recommendations. So, you know, the one that keeps surfacing uh, as I as I interview is about EMF right. and you know cell phones and Wi-Fi routers and the microwave oven and uh, you know portable phones. That's a biggie, especially now that we're getting ready for five G uh, coming out down the pike, and we want to have these homes that are. Autonomous, you know, automized, automatic, whatever the word is. Um, I think that 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 is uh, that's something that people really need to understand what EMF does to the body, and the best way to to shield yourself from potential toxicity from EMF is to turn it off. Right. Turn it off before you go to sleep. Put your put your your uh, Wi-Fi router on. Uh, a timer so that it goes off when you go to sleep. Make sure you don't sleep with your your cell phone in your room. Uh, and I would get rid of the portable phones if you have one, especially the base station. It it emits a constant barrage of EMF, which is very powerful. Yeah. Uh, so that that would be a suggestion I would make. Yeah. No. That's that's incredible. And and um, that's 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 an entire topic in of itself. And that may be the most important thing, really, when we think about the electric body and what this what this um, this dissonant these dissonant frequencies are doing to our actual biofield. It's 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 horrendous. And one of the ways that I deal with that, um, I live in Hawaii. So one of the ways that I deal with that is I just I unplug and go to the beach and jump in the water and discharge all that that dirty electricity right off of me. And I find that that's a great maintenance thing. It gets you back into nature, you get grounded and all that kind of thing. But for for a lot of people, they may not have that type of option. So either you move to Hawaii or <laughs> uh, you you get this book, which I want to recommend everybody do. And I don't always I don't always do that, but I definitely recommend everybody gets a copy of this book, including myself, because this is absolutely essential. There's certain things in our lifestyle um, as we're upgrading our lifestyle, there's certain considerations and then there's certain things that are non-negotiable. There's certain things that are absolutely essential and everything that we're talking about here is falls under that essential category. So I want to recommend that everybody um, gets this book and looks deeper into your work. And with that said, where can everybody get a copy of your book? It's available on Amazon, amazon.com and Barnes and Noble. So, uh, and I think other vendors too. So yeah, they can get online. Cool. And do you have a website? My website is robbrownmd.com. Okay. And I do blog every, every couple of weeks. Great. Fantastic. So everybody, you can go directly to the website and that'll be in the show notes too. So you can easily just click on that as you're listening to this podcast. And, uh, before we check out, is there any last words that you would like to leave the, the audience? Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. It was a, it was a great, uh, great conversation. I really enjoyed talking with you. And yeah, let me know how you like the book. Awesome. I will do that. I, I hope to stay in contact with you. And then, um, and then for everyone else, you know, as always, thanks for tuning in and listening to this incredibly valuable conversation. And again, the show note, the link is in the show notes. And um, you can move forward um, with checking out Dr. Robert Brown's uh, 
website, his blog, and is obviously going and ordering a copy of your book, maybe considering getting a couple, not just for yourself, but for any of your family members, friends, colleagues, everybody needs to know about this information. So don't be shy. Thank you, Ronnie. Really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed this fascinating episode of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. Before you head off, I want to invite you to go to my website for further podcast episodes and tons of free content on holistic health, natural nutrition, and human potential. Please go to www.ronnylandis.net to find out how to take your health and your life to the next level. And also, I want to encourage you to leave a five-star review for this podcast on our iTunes page, which will help me in my mission to get these inspiring messages to millions of people throughout the world. I thank you so much for your support, and I look forward to continuing to provide amazing conversations and content on holistic health and human potential.